I was taller than my dad by the time I was about 12 years old. Now, my oldest son, he's 13 and he's pretty much taller than me, but my dad was only five foot seven and I'm six two. But though I was taller than my dad when I was 12 years old, anytime that I would mess with him, you know, kind of poke at him, push his buttons, like sons do when they're 12 or 13 years old, my dad would simply say to me, I know where you sleep. That was my dad's simple threat. Do what you will, son, because I know where you sleep. I always think of that when I read the word to Sennacherib from God in Isaiah chapter 37. Sennacherib had led his armies into Judah and had brought the nation of Judah and its king, Hezekiah, to their knees, quite literally. Hezekiah was driven to his knees as Sennacherib's armies destroyed nearly all of the walled cities of Judah. Jerusalem was the last stronghold and Hezekiah was completely out of options. He had no strength, he had no strategy, and no one to save him. So he went up to the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem and he spread the threatening letter from the king of Assyria out before the Lord and Hezekiah prayed to God for God's help. And God answered him in Isaiah 37, verse 21. It says, Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. You can read God's word for yourself if you have time. God had quite a message for Assyria's king, Sennacherib, which included this line in Isaiah chapter 37, beginning at verse 28. God said to Sennacherib, But I know your dwelling place. You are going out and you're coming in, and your rage against me, because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears. Therefore, I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way which you came. Essentially, God said, Sennacherib, I know where you sleep. Sennacherib was the last in a series of empire-expanding kings in the Neo-Assyrian Empire, Beginning with Shalmaneser III, and then Tiglath-Pileser III, and Sargon II, and then Sennacherib, the empire expanded to dominate more of the Near East than any kingdom preceding it. But Sennacherib's reign was the high watermark, the apogee, if you will, for the empire of Assyria. And for many historians, it is a mystery as to why that is. Why did Assyria experience a sudden decline after Sennacherib? There doesn't appear to be any clear earthly reason for the sudden decline of Assyria, beginning at about 700 BC. Why, after successive conquests and victories, did Sennacherib return to Assyria's capital at Nineveh, and why did he cease his military march? This is actually a question that scholars and historians are wrestling with even today. In fact, coincidentally, I happened upon a tweet thread from someone, I don't even know who this person is, but just last week it popped up, popped up in my Twitter feed on this exact issue. We have ample records in the form of clay tablets with Assyrian cuneiform from this period of time, but scholars are still scratching their heads but I think that the answer to the riddle is actually quite clear. God said to Hezekiah during this period of time, 
Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, upon Sennacherib, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. And then to Sennacherib, God said, I know your dwelling place. You're going out and you're coming in and your rage against me. I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle on your lips, and I will turn you back by the way which you came and bring you back to Nineveh. So it was that while Sennacherib's army surrounded Jerusalem in about 701 BC, preparing to besiege it, the angel of the Lord, it says in Isaiah 37 verse 36, the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. The late Rabbi Nisan Mindel, he says that this actually happened on Passover, which would be pretty interesting. And after Sennacherib's army was decimated on the mountains of Jerusalem, just as God foretold, all the way back in Isaiah chapter 10, in Isaiah 37, verse 37, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away and returned home, and he remained in Nineveh. Sennacherib was proud and boastful. He was a conqueror who loved to record his exploits, and his exploits are recorded on pillars of clay, some of them on these hexagonal clay pillars called prisms. And he records this period of his conquests. And you can find the translations of them online. If you just go online and search the Taylor Prism translation, then you'll find the translation of these. And in it, you will find the records of Sennacherib's victories over the cities of Hamath and Arpad and Sepharvaim and other 8th century city-states. And you will find also the record of Sennacherib's siege at Jerusalem over Hezekiah. Of course, You'll find no mention of him losing 185,000 soldiers at Jerusalem. In his pride, Sennacherib would never record such a loss. He simply writes that he sealed Hezekiah up like a bird in a cage and he levied a tribute upon him. And then, curiously, his conquests and his victories end. He returns back to Nineveh. He no longer continues his military march on any other cities after that point. Personally, the curious nature of it leads me to believe that this was the quiet way of accepting defeat. About 20 years later, we read this in Isaiah 37 at verse 38. Now it came to pass as Sennacherib was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that his sons Adramelech and Sherezer struck him down with the sword and they escaped into the land of Ararat. And then Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. God said, surely I will send a spirit upon him and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. And that's exactly what happened. There have been a lot of questions about this rather peculiar situation. Why did Sennacherib return to Nineveh? Why did he stop his conquests? Why did his two sons kill him? What is all this all about? In his commentary on this passage, John Gill cites a Christian Hebraist scholar in Germany from the 16th century AD named Sebastian Munster, who wrote on this event saying that after Sennacherib's defeat at Jerusalem, where he lost his 185,000 soldiers, Sennacherib went and asked his counselors and his senators why God, the God of the children of Israel, was so zealous for Israel and Jerusalem. And Sennacherib's wise men, his counselors, answered and said that Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, 
led forth his son, Isaac. You can read about this in Genesis 22. Abraham went and he was going to sacrifice his son Isaac to God. And from that point on, the God of the children of Israel was zealous for his people. And so he executed vengeance on the servants of Sennacherib. So Sennacherib decided, well, if that's the case, I will slay two of my sons. And maybe after that, God will love, prosper, and help me. Which that word apparently came to his sons, Adramelech and Sherezer, and they decided, no, that's not how things are going to go. So they lay in wait for him and they killed him with the sword while he went and prayed before his God. Certainly, we don't know if that's exactly as it was, but I don't think it's any less plausible than the other answers for the sudden downfall of Sennacherib and Assyria after the siege of Judah. Something to think about. We'll see you next time.